The beauty of anti-racism is that you don't have to pretend to be free of racism to be an anti-racist. Anti-racism is the commitment to fight racism wherever you find it, including in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way forward. It's uh, June, what? I don't know. 8th. 8th, June 8th. And we're going to talk about COVID a little bit, but more about Black Lives Matter protests, I think. That's what I want to talk about anyways, but <laughs> go ahead. Do you want to do the R number? Okay. Yeah, R value in Ontario, yeah. 1.03. Yeah. Not great, but apparently it's down 0.01. So there's that. 243 new cases in Ontario today. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of days, the numbers have the new numbers of new cases seem to be down for two days now, which is nice. But Good. it's still within the, it's still going up and down. Like so, it's hard to say for sure. Ontario is starting stage two reopening in some jurisdictions. Everywhere except GTA, sounds like. But yeah, but I haven't been doing that much reading on COVID because... Because it doesn't matter anymore. Because what's more... It still matters. I I know, of course it matters. I'm saying it's just based on the other world events. There's something else that matters more now, which how could you even (laughs) have thought that? three months ago exactly but let's recount let's for the for when like avery and caden are listening to this in 30 years from now what are the main things that happened over the last week and a half or two weeks okay so the timeline of events mostly from memory on the background of covid so first no the the first thing to lead up to these protests was when all the data came out from the u.s that the that black people were dying at way higher rates than white people Mm -hmm. that was the first thing and then let's just recall for a moment that our guy what's his name chief health guy david williams david williams oh yeah he said don't worry and he said yeah we're not gonna collect race-based data because we value everyone equally did that age well? <laughs> no. No. I somebody needs I think to Toronto really re up that. Thank you. Davila started yeah, collecting. Toronto started collecting. We started collecting, so that's good. Because she's not racist or mm. less racist. Yeah. Anyways, so just want that's our little That was the baseline kind of situation. COVID little Ontario and not little. And I mean, everyone's and stressed out. And let's everyone's not look at our racism here a moment. Oh, we will. No, I'm saying that's what he was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, right. Everyone's stuck at home. Then we had Ahmed Arbery, yeah, who was along. killed while jogging several months ago by two white guys who basically hunted him down, I guess. I don't watch videos of people being killed, so I did not watch the it. Basically, they said that they he fit the description of someone who someone reported was breaking into buildings around right. there. But he was just jogging. And he was jogging. And, and the men were not arrested and they were free for several months until video was released and then and then they were arrested there was an uproar and there was re- and then they were arrested it still felt like even after the video came out that it was like it still took an a interminable delay before they finally arrested him yeah in georgia 
And then Amy Cooper right. tried to call the cops on a black man bird watching in Central Park in New York yeah. because he asked her to put her dog on a leash in a leashed area. And she lost her job that her dog got taken away because I guess she'd recently adopted it. And as Trevor Noah said, she was weaponizing mm-hmm. the police violence against black men when she said, I'm going to call the police and tell them that an African-American man is threatening my life. Yeah. And it, yeah, his commentary was really good. Trevor Noah. Trevor, no- Trevor Noah's. Yeah. He said it was the first time everyone saw that this is something that everyone uses kind of to their own advantage. Mm-hmm. The fact that the, pol- that the police, police are for white people are gonna obviously take her side over a black guy's side if there is some sort of dispute, mm-hmm. or at least that saying that would be a threat mm-hmm. to a black person, mm-hmm. a black man. And then the and George then the Floyd, final, yeah. And then the George Floyd murder, I murder. guess. That was from beginning to end. You saw. Um, I did not see. You see a police officer with his n- his knee on George Floyd's neck, and you see him die. Like, yeah, I don't think I've seen many. And then there were riots, obviously, in Minnesota. A city with a terrible history of racism in its force, which when I read the list of reforms that they have taken to their police force, I could not believe it. Mm -hmm. Long, long list of training, of reforms, adopted every point in some you know, recommendation like it you was. You mean year from years ago? You mean coming? No, up I mean like in the past five years, in like the past five since years. Ferguson. Right, they've been trying. It looks like. It looks like. Yeah. And this still happens, which is why now it's just like people. People are saying reform is not possible. Defund the police. Yeah, the first time, so this, I think I heard that statement. I think it was Desmond Cole said that for the first time. I don't know, at least I heard it. I heard it, yeah, when Mm -hmm. you were listening to a CBC interview with Mm -hmm. him. And I think that's the first time I heard of this concept. And then the interviewer was also kind of like, okay, I want to talk about what what does it look like by defunding? What do you mean? And he said, you. You he said, I don't mean to be glib. <laughs> defunding the police <laughs> means defunding the police. But that is the question I had in my head, too. Yeah. Like, no more police? or Apparently, John Oliver explained it really well on his show last night. I'll have to watch Although, that. I still don't understand it. But since that time, now Minnesota has essentially agreed to disband their police or mm-hmm. somehow something along those lines has yeah, just happened. Since you first heard that phrase a week ago. It, like, just happened. Y- yeah. Like yesterday yeah and and new york is cutting their police budget and la is cutting their police budget i don't know why but what by what percent yeah right in we should not by very much we should mention that in the same in the around this the day after i don't know i can't remember exactly the timeline but in toronto there was a mental health so the issue where a woman a black I'm not sure who called the police. Her family, I think, called the police. A black woman was in 
an apartment with three officers in Toronto near High Park and she fell from the balcony somehow and we no one knows really what happened in the in the apartment the, only the police and her were there but it was it was uh it, it sounded like a mental health issue and and the the uh, you know part of the protests in Toronto were in her name were sort of trying Regis to Korczynski Paquette yeah for her because Because cops shouldn't be responding to mental health yeah. crises. You should be sending people that have expertise in those mm -hmm. areas. And I guess that's in New York. That's what Bill de Blasio is saying they want to do is get, take funding that would fund police and yeah. take some of it and give it. I think there's already three cities workers. that do that in the States. Yeah. So that's not, the yeah. So I was also, I saw some headlines today saying that Minnesota is not like the first jurisdiction to deep band or disband or defund or whatever there's like three two or three others that have done mm -hmm. it and then the other thing that in canada so i mean the focus of this stuff in our media seems to center around what's happened in this u.s because i mean i think the protests are the biggest there but it's also brought up what's happening in canada with rcmp and the indigenous populations and and yeah, in, in Canada. Actually, not only that, and black people in Canada, black people and with police officers. There's the story in the same hour, apparently, that the um, George, sorry, I've forgotten his last name now, George. Uh, that story happened in the same, Floyd. George Floyd happened. There was a man who in Montreal who was a black man in Montreal who was pulled out of his car by his hair. Um, I think there's video of this as well. And there's a CBC article about that where it sounds like the police reviewed the videotape. You know, the superiors, this they released a statement saying they reviewed the videotape and discussed what happened and everyone agreed that there was no there was nothing wrong with the way that mm -hmm. man was treated and i think anyone who watches the video can would dis w i think a lot of people who watch that video would disagree um and so there's issues that are cropping up in canada that are highlighting the same issues that are happening in the u.s for no better and there was a story in, I can't remember where now, uh, somewhere up north, where there was uh, an intoxicated, uh, was it an Inuit man who was I don't know the story. walking along and the RCMP c car, truck, like they opened the door while they were driving along and knocked him over. Mm. So there's videotape of this happening and everyone agreed that that was inappropriate and like like a terror everyone agreed that that was i think the people involved in the officers involved in that have been somehow put on leave i'm not sure exactly will be charged something like that it sounds like they're taking it seriously but so it's bringing up all of these yes but the canadian media doesn't want to 
talk about, or at least they didn't. Maybe they are more now. I but think a they week will. ago, yeah. they just wanted to cover the U.S. And yeah, um, I heard an interesting story <coughs> from Sandy Hudson, who is a co-founder of Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. and she was asked to be on the current on CBC, and they just wanted her as an eight-minute spot, and they're like, "We just want to talk about racism in America." Yeah, <laughs> and she's like. Okay, well, I think I could talk about both. Like, I think it's important to talk mm-hmm. about both. And they're like, but it's only eight minutes. Mm-hmm. So, <coughs> whatever. So, they do, like, the pre-interview. And at the end of it, she mentions defunding the police. Yeah. This was pre-Desmond Cole's uh-huh. CBC yeah. interview. Yeah. And <laughs> the producer was like, excuse me? Mm-hmm. He said, defund, defund the police? Uh, okay. Uh, I'm not sure we're going to have time to have you on. Yeah. I don't know if it was that direct, but basically they ended up not interviewing her. Yeah. And then <coughs> that was radio. And then like, they think the next day they interviewed Desmond Cole on TV and he basically did the same inter, like yeah. Yeah. same thing that she would have said. Yeah. And then... <coughs> Um, another, there's an author, um, Gioma Ulo, who wrote the book, So You Want to Talk About Race, which I'm currently reading, and she's an excellent writer, and I've followed her on Twitter for a while, but she tweeted that she's, or she's, um, an American, and she wrote that she has been getting a lot of requests from Canadian media to talk about the situation in the U.S., and she's been declining them. Because she's like, you have black people there too, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about your own situation. Yeah. And we just have, it's it's painful to look inward. Yeah, no one wants to. I started Desmond Cole's book this morning, <coughs> a year of, what's it called? Skin, I the skin I'm no. in? Is that a, that's his book too, isn't it? No, that's an article he wrote for Toronto Oh, that's Life. the article. A year of black. Oh, thank you, Google. Oh, it is called The Skin We're In. A Year of Black Resistance and Power is the subtitle. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically like the year 2017 hmm. and what happened. And it just sucks by New Year's Day. Like <laughs> you're already just like, oh, no. That's happening here, right here, right, right, right here in the city in which we live is the same tactics, the same profiling, the same targeting of, of black people. Uh, Yeah. The saddest stories to me are where there was one in the paper today about, I think it happened in April, uh, Someone called, like, so this young person, I'm not sure how old he was, I'm going to say 20, he called the police for himself because he, I think he was going through some psych, I think he's having trouble with uh, schizophrenia, and he's, his family has called the police for him previously to take him Mm -hmm. to a hospital, essentially, or to where, to get treatment. And he recognized that he was in a state where he needed the police to come. And he called the police for himself. They came. Something happened. He ended up dead. So it 
it's like this like you just don't you just no you just don't have any you just can't have any trust that you're calling people to help but you're everything goes out mm-hmm. of your control as soon as the police are involved with mm-hmm. if you're a black person and this was in Brampton like it's yeah yeah and so the what I would say the one good thing that's happening in Canada it sounds like the leaders are supporting protesters there's they recognize I think for the most part that protesting is important if there's something wrong that that you if you're peacefully protesting you have to let people peacefully protest which is not the default stance in the u.s it sounds like well i'm not sure that's always our default either it's not always no it's not let's recall (coughs) the beginning of the black lives matter movement Mm -hmm. when it was less mainstream and less tv cameras and less people involved Mm -hmm. and it was a group of i think pretty much all black people Mm -hmm. they didn't have white supporters at this time either Mm -hmm. camped out in front of the police station for weeks Mm -hmm. and they tried to gas them out first yeah they tear gas them I'm not saying it. I'm just saying right now what's happening. I think there's a recognition to let people protest. But is it because of a value that's held or is it because of a decision that was made for this instance? That's all I'm. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, I also remember the G20 summit and protesters were not dealt with. You know, they were pushed off to the side and kettled. All the all the no bad one things was that punished happened. for that. Yep. Yeah, all the bad. I mean, I'm not saying everyone believes that all the time, but right now, what's happening? It sounds mm-hmm. like like Justin Trudeau went and protested, and like people are like, there's a recognition from up high that this is. I, I mean, I think at my core, I believe that for a democracy, a strong democracy, you need to allow people to protest peacefully. You have to support people protesting peacefully if they, for things they believe in. I don't know, but there's so much performative activism happening. Performative? There's a coin. There's a term that's yeah. been coined. Like performance? Performative activism. Is that what, like, is it? Like, like you post. You're putting on a show. Like, you're putting on a show. Yeah. On social media especially. Yeah. But I think it could also apply to politicians. Sure. Marching who have no intention of doing anything. Yeah. Of taking any action. And so one trend that I've been noticing that gives me a kind of pleasure I probably should not get from it, but it's just like these brands or companies or publications who put out these statements against anti-black racism and then immediately get called out for their own racist actions by people who formerly worked there people who've been trying to work there people the one i remember the most is the met opera and they put out some statement we stand with all black people blah 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 and then someone just retweeted that with you have never performed an opera by a black person ever in your history yeah i i mean okay so it's still better. I mean, you have to, in my mind, it's like 
everyone's at fault to some degree. So at least saying you support the change is better than. But you don't. Uh, you if have you're moving to in the right start. Di- you have to start by saying, "Oh crap!" <laughs> like, look what we have done or haven't done. Before you can be like, "We support." You have to start by saying, "Oh, look, we haven't supported." We haven't supported this. To rec- and now we see. Yes. And now we're going to take steps to support this community. Like the NFL did. Like the NFL did? Yeah. Didn't they? Oh, the like tweet. They actually, right. Like they actually took. Okay, res- now li- this is on one tweet. I'm not going to put the, the NFL no. up on a pedestal for no, one no, no. tweet. But yes, that tweet. I read that tweet. I almost fell off a chair and I ran yeah. into the kitchen. I said, oh my gosh, Tillich, look what the NFL tweeted. And that's... And I, it was basically like, we were wrong. Uh, Sorry. We should have Like stood, the whole Colin we, they Kaepernick. They said something thing. like, we should have stood with the protesting football players or something. Yeah, like the Colin Kaepernick thing, they should have supported. Yeah, so the NFL did s- come out and say what we did before was wrong. Now we see that. It's good. The and and I think that was their like second statement because they f- first put out a statement that was kind of wishy-washy and it my I didn't actually look this up but I think this is what I remember hearing. We should double check mm-hmm. that but that was sort of like I've heard it described as like worse than saying anything because it was kind of trying to play both sides of this and mm-hmm. because they didn't want to piss off owners who might be against the protest. I just found a quote by Juma Ulo, who, yeah. by the way, I'm saying her last name wrong, but okay. um, it applies to this yeah. conversation. Okay, yep. She said, the beauty of anti-racism is that you don't have to pretend to be free of racism to be an anti-racist. Anti-racism is the commitment to fight racism wherever you find it, including in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's the only way forward. And we have that conversation at our home a lot. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap, that was kind of racist. (laughs) Shouldn't say, shouldn't behave that way, shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you can acknowledge that that our society is steeped in racism, is steeped in white supremacy, and if you just work to recognize it, then you're, you're making yourself better. And, and, And as a society, I don't think we've, it's still like the worst thing you can do is to call somebody racist. Mm-hmm. It's like people make the point all the time. It's like in our society, it's worse to call somebody racist than to be racist. It's like you're allowed to be racist, but it's if you call somebody racist, yeah. like, whoa, that is crossing That's a interesting. line. That's interesting. And it's like, we got to get over that. Everybody, everybody, because our society is has racist foundations everybody does something in their life that could be considered racist but maybe it's like kids right you you don't say that the kid is bad you say the things the kid does i'm saying we need to take the power out of that word we need to just be like we just need to recognize it and call it out and change it but why do we need to but that word just means what it means to people, and it's maybe the wrong word. Well, then we need a different word. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just saying, like, you just say but that. But I feel that like in our in our conversations, in our house, we have we have taken the power out of that word. Yeah. Like, sure. Sure. But other people just, it's a strong word. 
Yeah. And so you, yeah. But so also I think, so even if it is a strong word, you can participate in a, a racist system mm-hmm. or perform a racist action. And you, that doesn't have to make you, your whole person, your whole being, your whole soul yeah. racist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make you hate people with a different skin color. Yeah. Like, we don't have to label a person. We can label an action. Like we can I label a system. I think there are people like that. Like, like people that belong to the KKK might yes. actually be like that. Mm-hmm. So the problem is, I think some people, when you use the word racist, that's what they're thinking. Yes. And that, and that does exist, and that is maybe... Like but the worst. those aren't the people in this conversation. No, I know they're n- not. That's yeah. what that's what I'm saying. But when you use that, if you use the term racist, and and someone connects it to that level of racism, that's it, you. C- it just creates division. Like it puts, you know, it's a it is a strong word because that's how often I think people see it. But if you are. If you are unknowingly or unwittingly participating in a racist system, that is, that has very terrible ramifications for people that deserve the strong labeling of the term racist. Yeah, maybe. So why... I'm just saying, would you get further in the discussion? If it's a thing where it just like puts people's backs up and you can't continue the conversation because no you called me a racist we're not being respectful anymore i, mean, I can't we're do it into anymore. the whole world of white fragility i don't i don't want to <laughs> i'm just <laughs> yes so maybe that's a problem too but if yeah. you just want to have a discussion in a safe place and move the needle on things that's right. my personal what opinion would to be do? to not say something that's going to piss someone off right but do you know how a week ago, you had never heard the phrase defund the police, and now people are defunding <laughs> the police. That's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, maybe. So maybe today, you gotta bring it up. Maybe. being sure. like that action is racist right. sets somebody off. But later. maybe a week from now, everybody is like, oh, no, that we was racist. And the guy's like, oh, right, shit. Okay. We can just talk about it. I can it. do we're better. No yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what we're doing. Maybe that's what this whole. Th- I mean, that's the. F- that powerful thing right now is i think you're you've seen lots of examples of seen examples are people are actually changing their views because mm-hmm. of the collective discussion that's happening mm-hmm. people are making comments thoughtful that they're they're taking time away and thinking about things listening to other people's perspectives and mm-hmm. changing their views yeah well and just look at the social acceptance of black lives matter like five years ago it was like a terrorist organization the way they were treated yeah and now like major brands are like tweeting in support of them yeah the other thing i just wanted to bring in was trevor again going back to trevor noah's commentary which is one of the most thoughtful comments i've heard on this so far he he said two things that really struck me one was there's no right way to protest and that comes from a deeper idea which is in society he put he posits that we have this so there's a social contract and 
everyone kind of goes along with this idea that we're going to, you know, we have these rules, we have laws, we'll f all follow the laws, and for the most part, we're all going to be treated the same way. But once someone starts seeing examples or too many examples of people not protecting my side of, let's say, for, for instance, my rights under this contract, it leads, it, it makes those people question, it makes me question why I should uphold this contract to protect your side of it. And, and so once you, once society, the societal contract, once someone starts to question that, all bets are off. There is no, like, you have to follow the law when you're protesting. Like, that's a, you're assuming that person believes in this social contract. But yeah, that was, this was in response to the looting. Y right, because people yeah. are saying, like, yeah, sure, protest, but why are you looting? Or why are you looting? Yeah, don't break the law. Don't break the law. But it's the like, well, when the law can kneel in your neck. When, yeah, exactly. When the social contract has been broken in one direction, you can't expect it to be upheld in the other direction. Mm -hmm. It's it's all like the foundations of this societal contract have been damaged. And it's just, it's mm -hmm. like the whole, everything's up for grabs. I mean, that's, uh, I think, I think what, I don't think it's that bad, but it could lead that way, I think, is what the, you know, it could lead to the unraveling of society in the in the worst respect. But mm -hmm. first of all, it's people standing up and saying, wait a second, why are you not upholding my rights in this contract? Mm -hmm. But I mean, it seems like in the protests are, the protesters are getting traction. Like the protests are getting results. It's getting results and it's largely peaceful now, it sounds like, right? F, there were some violent day like it sounded like the first while was more violent than the later periods i think it sounded like once the police officer the in the george floyd the the main guy i can't remember his name Chauvin. and the three other cops that stood around did nothing while this was happening i guess that now three now chauvin and two others have been charged and I think Chauvin's charge was upgraded to second-degree murder. It was something else before. And I think that, to some degree, calmed what was happening. It felt like the temperature came down a little bit because it felt like, okay, there's a little bit of justice here. People are getting the message, and things calmed a little bit. I don't know if that it's happened. Is that not true? I don't... I don't know. The... I mean, it's really hard to keep track of. Mm -hmm. There's like 400 protests going on around the country, mm -hmm. and they're the police forces are treating them in they're so different. many different it's ways. All different, yeah, right. It all depends on the leadership. It's true in the given in that jurisdiction how that police department is doing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then Trump obviously uh, needs to escalate everything, so he is yes. threatening to call in the military, and he did. He had some kind of. I military type people he roll into dc i think he called the national guard in is that the same as the military i was trying to make I sense don't of this know. so uh, there's an article about some somehow there's a somebody from within the system wrote 
like was interviewed i think seek i'm not sure anonymously maybe and they were talking about how trump asked for like 10,000 he demanded like 10,000 troops mm-hmm. to control get control of everything the people in the military and i think the people everyone else was like whoa that's not a good idea that's yeah. just going to escalate everything yeah. i feel like what they did call in was the national guard which is something a little different Mm-hmm. and they tried to, it was kind of a compromise right. compared to going full military it's like yeah like i think national guard is more like disasters you call them in it's not like a like a fighting force mm-hmm. it's more like disaster like earthquakes and stuff you call national right. guard in. Um, so anyways it the social contract idea really made me think about this differently and um, and it makes me think that it's connected so it's like anytime you see people not being when things go wrong for someone over and over if you get screwed over enough times you begin to feel like the system doesn't care about you. And I think it's also, so I think those are the people like we were talking about before that try to burn down cell phone towers and like, they just, it just unleashes this, like this hatred of everyone in society in some people, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think that's the risk of, of ultimately of all this. And I feel like for black people, especially in the U S it's like, they, it's not a surprise. I think the George Floyd thing just was everybody agreed. Everyone now felt like a lot of black people felt. Everyone. Even Fox right News, wing, like yeah. the hardcore Fox News people I couldn't believe those instantly clips. said that that there was something wrong. Everyone deeply felt like this was an unjust thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And maybe and so it feels like that was the real spark in this sorry okay i just thought of a quote i was trying to look up who said it um and now i can't find it it's a martin luther king quote and it's something to the effect of a riot is the language of the unheard yeah and i think that's what we're seeing now too but um also john oliver I watched a couple clips of his show last night and we really must watch the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But he had a quote from somebody in like the 60s, the late 60s, who was reporting on like the protests or the riots of 68 Mm -hmm. and saying how like whatever report you can write about that is going to read exactly the same as the report that was read written after the 1919 riots and the riots in the forties and the riots at the end of the forties. And the, like, it's all the same thing every single time and followed by an action. Mm-hmm. And now here we are like another 50 years after that. And it's the same thing again. And it's like, but there are changes that happen not not always maybe but there are changes like martin luther king i know but the basic systemic racism remains oh which reminds me of ibram kendi who seems to be now like the superhero mm-hmm. 
scholar who's I just see him everywhere all of a sudden and I was watching a talk by him the other day and he's saying there's two forces at play here not one it's not that you have this slider of racism and racism gets better or worse but you have two forces that can that can gain or lose ground at the same time Mm -hmm. you have racism and you have Mm anti-racism and so anti-racism has been doing well over the past 50 years Mm -hmm. and he's and he said to the room like you can tell by the fact that i'm here Mm -hmm. speaking to you right and i have this position and you can point to a lot of things that have gotten better for black people and people of color you can point to progress that's been made but at the same time you also have racist forces that are also making progress and also thinking of new ideas and we have facebook that like amplifies facebook amplifying that he's and he said like the most um one of the i forget the word he used advanced um advances (laughs) of the racism movement is this concept of of color blindness of Mm -hmm. post-racial theory Mm -hmm. Stephen Colbert made fun of that a lot and it's and you see that in the David Wallace thing we're not going to keep race-based stats because David Williams David Williams I will never remember his name doesn't matter um yeah, exactly. We will not keep race-based like why stats. Would, because why could that be important? Everybody <laughs> is the same. When we treat everybody equally. Like yeah. you cannot. Then, then just. Yeah. Then you can have a a very racist society. Yeah, but I, I see that there's two op- opposing forces, but I can't help but feel well, optimistic. Well, he didn't really say opposing. Or just two two movements. Forces. Sure. Okay. I just feel like there's a lot. There's a lot that I feel optimistic about based on people, that, just in our small circle are, and and you know brands even that are, moving in a positive direction. Uh, you are an optimist. I forgot the other thing I was going to say. Oh, the other s- the other uh domino, I guess, of the of the things that were happening around this time, there was the other story and I don't remember her name right now, Brianna something, who is a there was a this Brianna Taylor? Yes, Brianna Taylor, who is uh I think an emergency like an EMT. I'm not sure exactly so what sad. that means, but so this I th- so basically sh- police thought there was drugs in her house there were drugs in her house so they they um acted on a no knock warrant she was sleeping her boyfriend was in the bed i think he had a legal firearm access to a legal firearm he had with him people broke down the the cops broke down her door plainclothes police officers so not even uniform police officers my understanding is broke into her home or apartment he thought there were attackers coming in so he grabbed the gun and i'm not sure if he started shooting or pointed a gun at them and by the end of it there were eight bullets in her i'm not sure if he was also wounded or not but it was um 
it's it seems like a crazy thing that a no knock warrant can be a thing that even exi- that you could have in society that mm-hmm. in the society that we live in and i think that's another another thing that is getting a lot of review now and hopefully we'll never people will never use those again or i guess what you were saying is it has to be matched to the level of risk that could be you know someone having drugs in the house versus I don't know, a terrorist organization or something yeah like i have to think far more carefully about allowing no knock warrants to be used there's a lot of there's a lot of ideas out there that seem radical to us establishment types when you first hear them like defund the police but once you sit on them for five seconds you're like oh yeah that makes sense and another one is abolish prisons and another one is the war on drugs is just a racist tool to further oppress black and brown people and all these things yeah it's just they're very big they're very big ideas and people need to sit with them if they haven't sat with them before. But it does feel just going back. To the, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of these ideas in the discussion. I feel like it feels different. I think we were just talking about this before. Like, wh- is, is this a different thing than all the other times? Is there going to be anything? Are we going to move the needle or not? Right. I feel like mm-hmm. we are moving the needle. And it, it, there's uh, someone, one of the blogs I follow, they posted the description of uh, a movie, a, a scene from Lincoln, where they're talking about abolishing slavery. He brought that in and the discussion mm-hmm. that happened around it. And kind of, I think the scene is kind of this squabbling between different ministers, members of parliament. I don't know what they called them back then. I don't know what they are called, but... It, and and at one point Lincoln says he slams his hand on down on the table and he says no, it blood has been spilt to afford us this moment. I'm not really quoting this; it's a paraphrase. Mm-hmm. But and it's our responsibility to push it forward and to to make something come of this. Now mm-hmm. we have and it, and he says something like now 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 this is the time. Mm-hmm. And it feels it really does feel like this. I think that's what a lot of people feel like. It's sort of like mm-hmm. we have to make the most of this. We can't let this, we can't waste mm-hmm. this moment. Mm-hmm. And that's why it feels like COVID doesn't mean anything anymore. Like, yes. And, and I mean, people are complaining about protesters not maintaining uh, physical distancing. Right. But that's the other thing that yeah, I wanted to say was that every single public health person. Yeah infectious disease person healthcare provider that we have been following for covid every single one of them has supported the protest tests because racism is a public health issue it's a bigger public health issue than covid yeah Yeah. it's a moral imperative and the point has been made that um governments and holiday makers and (laughs) park goers and whoever else like have put us at, at just risk. as big a risk or more risk than than yeah. these protesters for yeah. less gain. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty sure Mother's Day led to <laughs> the biggest <laughs> bump in this than that we saw. I and mean, I don't know, but yeah, it's just not not a single yeah. person 
who a single leader in the public health sphere that I've seen has has said anything about go home don't protest no no one is saying that mm-hmm. it is it is also a public health issue and I think that's a major point to say yeah and so how do we seize this moment I don't know talk about I think we have to talk about it as much talk as about I mean talk people support just has I mean and I think and donate to organizations who are doing the work yes i think as a white person there's this line that must be walked of on one side it's like your responsibility i mean white like my our responsibility is white people to like do the work do the reading educate yourself Mm -hmm. understand as much as you are able what what racism is what systemic racism is and you you do your own work <laughs> don't ask people of color to explain that to you and you fix it white people i fix it white people i'm white people okay on the other side of that line is white people can't be taking the lead in these conversations it's not about us. Mm-hmm. It's not about our voices. It's not about our feelings. So we also have to kind of shut up about it. So it's like it's like this line you you don't want to be on social media. You don't want to go on social media and be like this is how I feel as a white person at this time. Like no. Mm-hmm. But also maybe be having those conversations in private yeah. about the things spaces. you're reading and the things you're learning and the progress you're making. Yeah. And I don't know. And ask the question. Like I think it is you ha- I think it's okay to ask questions that are, you know ask questions. And look for answers and look for answers yeah there like you don't i just think i, I mean it's good yes it, you're right that ideally everyone would go out and read all the books and everything but in reality no like no one is doing that you don't have to read books there's also videos watch videos yeah and articles and twitter can i just say that i basically became woke from reading 240 characters at a time on Twitter. Yeah, sure. Like, there's something about um, the drip, drip, drip of just seeing people's constant, daily, lived experience of racism and microaggressions on Twitter. Just all the time. Every day. People are like, this happened today. This happened today. This happened today. And you're like, how can all these things be happening when you're mm-hmm. a white mm-hmm. person who mm-hmm. doesn't experience it? And I think just watching that, like, like I started, I really started to open my eyes and, and listen and, and see, listen to the black community stories of racism after the Ferguson protests mm-hmm. and specifically Desmond Cole's reporting from there. Mm-hmm. And and then I went on Twitter and reading these columns and then you just 
you follow more and more and more people in that in that community and it's just yeah after several years of that it it just becomes very clear Mm -hmm. and then but if you want to do it faster than that then you can read a book yeah there's so many like Facebook and Twitter are just absolutely flooded with reading lists or and you can resources. Talk or even faster, you can talk to people about it. Um, but black people are specifically saying they do not want to talk about this. I think all black people are saying that. You need to be very sure about that before you make that ask of somebody, yeah. I think. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think it's fair. I mean, I'm not saying... I think you need to figure out what a safe space might be for you. And that might mm-hmm. not be, I don't know. Yeah. I maybe. Yeah. Apparently our safe space is talking into w- microphones to record ourselves and then publish it. <laughs> Come to think of it. That doesn't feel very safe at all. Hmm. Let's hope I don't regret this. Well, maybe we won't publish this, but it feels like. All right. Did we do it? I'm not going to end this one with a joke. No. Yeah, I think I think the point is COVID's over. I think that's the good COVID news. COVID is not over. COVID's They are happening at the same time. Oh, if you do want a joke though, Julie Noki mm. on YouTube made a sequel video to her going back and talking to herself in the past. Mm-hmm. So first video was her April self went to talk to her January self about COVID. Mm-hmm. Second video is her June self goes to talk to her April self about Black Lives Matters. And it's funny. It has some touching moments. She she does a really good, she job, does of a good job of bringing the humor and the real, the real, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Depth. What I'm trying to make, s- I think I needed this. I've been saying for like three, t- four, three or four days late, like I need to talk about these ideas and get them straight in my head. I'm thinking about at our next lab meeting, like just putting, like what I'm thinking about doing is sending out a couple of videos or pieces of writing that I've read that hit me hard and just sending them out saying, here's the couple of things that I found that made me think about this differently. you want to talk about it see if anyone has any thoughts just to make it like a kind of like a book club okay i guess a mini book club a mini video short too long didn't read mm-hmm. <laughs> tldr club <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, that's they, does someone have that <laughs> that would be a really good book club <laughs> We go to the book club to find out what <sighs> the book was about so you don't have to read the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this conversation has reached its <laughs> useful <laughs> end. All right. Good night. Good night.